Morning, friends. Welcome this morning as we gather wherever we are uh, in our lounge rooms around Bundaberg and around the world as we come together to worship, worship God and hear His message to us this morning. Welcome if you are with us for the very first time. It's good to have you here, whether you are listening on the podcasts, whether you're watching this uh, on YouTube at a later stage, or even if you're looking at it live on Facebook. Welcome to you. Let us know where you're watching from. Send us a comment, drop us a line, hit the reaction buttons, and uh, interact with us as we enjoy uh, the live stream together. The peace of the Lord be with you, friends. Thank you, and I pray that you'll be blessed with a real sense of God's peace this morning. If uh, you're with people uh, watching this live stream, say to one another, pass the peace to them, and uh, if you're on your own, know that I've said it to you, and I hear you saying it back to me. Let us open with a word of prayer. Almighty God, as we gather this morning in worship, we thank you that you are God over all things, that you are in, through, and around us, that you are aware of all the things we go through. You know each thing that takes place in our lives, every thought, feeling, and emotion. And in the greatness of your majesty, in the beauty of your power, in the wonder of a God who creates all that is seen and so much more that is unseen, you care enough for each of us. You love us, are concerned about us. You desire to, to journey intimately in our lives with us, to be part of everything. You love it when we spend time with you, when we engage with you. And you give us the privilege of being able to serve you, of being part of building your kingdom, of being part of bringing your love into people's lives in a way that, uh, that is real and relevant. We thank you, Jesus, for the way in which we know your love, for the beauty of what you have done for us on the cross, for the forgiveness that we find in, in your act of grace, and for the wonder of knowing, Lord God, that it is a done deal 2,000 years ago, that our sins are forgiven, and this morning we run into those arms of grace. We enjoy the beauty of a God who doesn't hold grudges, who doesn't uh, bear ill will against us. For so great is your love that you pour out that forgiveness upon us. This morning, Lord, we know that there are those moments which, have, uh, which we have distanced ourselves from you. And we pray, Lord, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would keep us from falling into that temptation. That you would allow us, Lord, to feel and know the strength of your Spirit to face the difficulties that we do face and to overcome. We thank you, Lord, that your Spirit does journey through life with us. That we can rely and depend upon your power and know the wonder and the strength of a God who will prevail in this world, who will prevail over all things. For you are God Almighty, whom we love and whom we honor and whom we serve. We ask, Lord God, that in the service this morning you may be glorified, that through what is spoken we would hear your Spirit speaking to us and leading us to lives of greater intimacy, we pray. Lord God, 
We pray these things as together we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Friends, just a couple of important notices as uh, we start the service. Just to mention that there was an important newsletter that went out this week about our church reopening and some of the thinking behind where we are in the process of, um, of determining exactly when we do reopen. Please take a moment to, to read through that carefully. If you haven't got it, contact the church office. The, uh, all the details are available on our website and uh, Vanessa will email you a copy of that letter. It is quite important. Then secondly to say, Connecting Conversations, We'll be back, uh, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So not this Tuesday, but the Tuesday after Connecting Conversations will be starting up again. And all of our small groups, our Bible studies, our youth uh, small group meetings, they will be re-looking at opening up since uh, um, as the July school holidays have come to an end. So make sure you contact with, you're in contact with your Bible study leader or your small group leader and, uh, or they'll be in contact with you about how and when they're looking to start up again. This morning we are looking at a new sermon series looking at the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to be journeying through some of the important aspects of what the Lord's Prayer means to us, how it draws us into a, a sense of greater intimacy with God. And uh, this morning we start with an introduction to the Lord's Prayer, looking at it uh, as an overall concept, in general, what the prayer uh, speaks to us about. And uh, for that, I'm reading both accounts uh, in the Gospels. The first is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. And the second is from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. Matthew 6, verses 5 to 13, and Luke 11, verses 1 to 4. Just to say, if you hear some kind of a strange noise going on, there's some roadworks happening outside that uh, we have no control over. So unfortunately, that might provide a little bit of background noise uh, to the sermon this morning. In these two readings, we see how the Lord's Prayer is so much more than just a prayer. Matthew chapter 6 is uh, part of the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, in verse 5, Jesus, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have also forgiven those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Luke 11 verses 1 to 4, the teaching comes as the disciples request to know more. And it goes like this from verse, uh, from verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Part of our worship is our intercessory prayers where we pray for others. And also our prayers of dedication of our offering, of thanksgiving for, uh, thanksgiving for the offering that we are able to uh, bring to God. We do thank you for your faithfulness. There is also a piece in our newsletter from our treasurer, Marion Crane, who has uh, written a little bit about the first six months of this year and our finances, and you can pick that up also from the office if you haven't uh, yet read it. And uh, we just thank you for your faithfulness in your giving, for your faithfulness to God's work and your commitment to the continuation of the ministry here at Bundaberg. If you'd like to contribute, please find our details on the website. You can give electronically and just simply mark the uh, reference city offering um, and you can leave your name out. Or you may still drop in a physical offering in at the office any day of the week. That would be absolutely fine. People have done both of those things and it is those gifts that we uh, bring in dedication to God this morning. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to bless you with the gifts that we give. Today, Lord, we bring before you in this service the offerings that have been put in through electronic giving, as well as those that have been brought physically to the church. We bring them to you, Lord, as a token of our love, as a sign of our thanksgiving, as a, as a, as a show of our commitment and dedication to wanting to be faithful to you, not just with our voices or with what we do, but with everything that we have, all is for you. All is to be used for your glory. With every part of our lives, we worship you. And the offering that we bring, Lord, is, is a symbol of that worship. It is a sign of that love. We ask that you take and receive it from the grateful hearts that give it. Receive it with all the love with which it is given. And may you use it to continue the work of this church in furthering your love into this community to those who do not know you, and who desperately need your love. This morning, Lord, we pray for those people who uh, are not aware of your love for them. For those, Lord, who, whose lives have a sense of, uh, there isn't a sense of purpose to it. For those, Lord, who, who struggle with different issues that, uh, that cause them great sense of worry and pain. We pray for those, Lord, who are ill, those who are, are struggling through treatments for cancer and other sicknesses, including coronavirus. We pray, Lord, for our neighbors in Victoria 
And we pray your blessing upon that state and the situation they find themselves in. We ask, Lord God, that you would grant wisdom to their leaders. And that, Lord, you would also speak into our hearts that we would continue to be vigilant as we, as we navigate our way through this crisis. Give wisdom to our church leaders, we pray. Grant a sense of, of your presence to the doctors and nurses who administer your healing through their hands right throughout this world. We pray also, Lord, for those prayer requests that are known only to ourselves and to you. Those things, Lord, that concern us and worry us greatly. Perhaps it is a person, perhaps it is a situation, perhaps it is some issue that we need to face this week. We lift them to you. Giving thanks, Lord God, that you already know what we are, what we are asking before we ask, just as your word has said. We lift these prayers together with the unspoken prayers of our hearts. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. In every church, you will find traditions and practices. They vary in what they are, but nonetheless, every church has those things that form the backbone or part of the service every single week. One of the things that the Uniting Churches do uh, in fact, most mainline denominations do, is they pass the peace as a form of greeting uh, when they come together in a service. In fact, this was the very first thing that we had to change when coronavirus uh, restrictions came into being. I don't know if you can remember all the way back in March, it seems like about five years ago now, but the very first thing that we did was we stopped the handshakes, we stopped any hugging, and said that when we pass the peace, you're just going to say it. You're just going to say it to the person uh, that's around you. We even stopped uh, the walking around to greet one another. But it's so much a part of what we do that it's even survived the transition into live streaming when there's just about nobody in the church. I mean, we lost a whole lot of things out of those services, but I still say every week, the peace of the Lord be with you. And I know you say it back to me and also with you. These traditions become second nature and we can do them even without thinking sometimes. There was a joke when I was in training that said, you know you're a Methodist when you're watching Star Wars and they say, may the force be with you. And you automatically say, and also with you. Sometimes if we don't think before we say these things, consequences could be a little worse. My own habit is always to uh, use the peace of the Lord or do the greeting just after the first hymn or the first set of songs. But I had a colleague who did it a bit differently. He said that the very first thing people must know when they come to church is that God's peace is upon them. So he didn't even say hello. He didn't even greet uh, the people. His very first words every single Sunday as he stood into the pulpit was, the peace of the Lord be with you. And the congregation would always dutifully respond, and also with you. One Sunday he told me he was in the vestry getting ready to go out and preach. But as he stepped into the pulpit, he noticed that he hadn't put the battery into his microphone. So he walked into the pulpit and the first thing he kind of absent-mindedly said to himself was, there's something wrong with this mic. And the congregation said, and also with you. 
time-honored traditions that we do each service. The Lord's Prayer is another of those traditional things that we say in church. We said it just a few minutes ago. And in fact, we say just about every service, whether it's a Sunday service, whether it's a funeral, whether it's a wedding, we always seem to be saying the Lord's Prayer. But in much the same way that my friend's congregation, the passing of the peace was just a, a matter of going through the motions. If we're not careful, the Lord's Prayer can also become something similar for us. I remember in my junior school years that we used to have assembly on Wednesday and on Friday. And we would alternate the closing of the assembly. Uh, the closing song would always be either the Lord's Prayer or the school anthem. So for me and for every other student and teacher, the two songs had about the same amount of importance. And consequently, the words and the significance of the Lord's Prayer were lost on me for years. In fact, I could honestly say that so many years of simply reciting this prayer and, and going through the motions, so many years of that went by that I was well out of school before I took a good look at the words and the significance, at the prayer and at the context of Jesus teaching his disciples about it, and realized then just how incredibly meaningful and important they are for us as we seek to grow in a sense of intimacy with God. It was only then that I began to grasp the fact that the Lord's Prayer is so much more than something just to recite, but in fact teaches us about God, about our relationship with Him. It teaches us about how we are to relate to God. It teaches us how we are to relate to others, how we are to relate to life, and it teaches us about how God relates to us. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer in a bit more detail. As I say, it's so much more than just a traditional uh, memory prayer. And just like the concept of the soul that we, we took time to look at, it was a term that we used often but needed to examine more closely. So too, we need to lose the familiarity with the Lord's Prayer for a while and take a look at it with different eyes and see the beauty of what is being taught to us here. For the last six or seven weeks, we've spent time looking at the concept of the soul and how we are keepers of the soul. In that series, that we, we focused really intensely in, in nurturing our souls and, and entering into what God has done for us and what our relationship with Him can mean in this present moment. Now, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, we shift focus towards what God reveals about Himself and the intimate nature of the relationship that we have with Him. We look at the significance of how he taught us to pray and how in that prayer we're given a pattern for faithful Christian living. When the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray, what Jesus gave them and what Jesus gives to us is an incredible gift that we have a whole lot to learn from. But before we get into the different aspects of this prayer, we need to look a little bit longer at the concept of the Lord's Prayer as a whole. Because like I say, we've said it so often, it's become so much a part of what we do. I've even heard jokes where the Lord's Prayer is kind of part of the punchline. I've seen movies where they uh, use the Lord's Prayer in, in scenes where, where someone's going to die. And it becomes so much a part of, of just kind of general everyday life and, and familiarity that there are some, some unhelpful misunderstandings 
that have crept in. So before we can look at what the Lord's Prayer is, let's take a couple of minutes and look at what the Lord's Prayer isn't. The Lord's Prayer isn't a prescription or the proper way to pray. It's not the correct way to pray, the ultimate way to pray. We will explore the Lord's Prayer and look at it as a framework and as a pattern, but we don't kind of graduate up the chain of good prayers that God is going to be more likely to listen to if we stick to this set formula. When we pray, God hears our heart. The whole reading in Matthew is where Jesus says, don't be like those who want to use long-winded words and want people to see them and, and all of these things. God hears your heart. God understands. And sometimes we don't have the words. Sometimes we don't even have the right words. We can even use the wrong words. I read a lovely couple of stories in researching the sermon. A little girl whose, whose mom overheard her praying the, the Lord's Prayer, and she began with the words, Our Father who art a lemon. Or the little boy who was convinced that God's name was Harold. Our Father in heaven, Harold is your name. We may even have the wrong words. But God hears and understands our hearts and understands our minds. God knows the soul. He knows the soul that is praying. And the only proper prayer is when we as his children call out to a loving God as our heavenly father or as our heavenly parent and determined to be with him. So while this prayer can be a framework, and like I say, we will look at that. It's not something that we, we graduate to, that when we're praying like this, we are finally praying properly. It's also not a mantra to be memorized and repeated mindlessly. In our family, we always try to have uh, a daily prayer time. We don't always get it right. And as the kids have gotten older and busier, we've changed the times uh, when we do this. A few years ago, while we were still in South Africa, the prayer time was after breakfast, which as early morning music lessons and extracurricular things started happening, it became harder to fit everything in. So this one day we were running very late and uh, there was no time to pray. And I just said, hey everyone, we're late. Let's just quickly say the Lord's Prayer. And as we did it, I was looking at my watch, Our Father who art in heaven, and I looked around at the family to see that they were all looking at their watches as we recited this prayer quickly. And I know that God is not impressed or spurred into action because we quickly ran off a few words that we had memorized. God's interested in what is behind those words. And the only thing behind our words that day was how quickly can we get this done and get going. It's not a mantra to be repeated mindlessly, which is closely related to the next thing that the Lord's Prayer isn't. It isn't a formula to guarantee that God is going to bless you, that God is going to do what you want him to do. That same day, I had to go to the Home Affairs office to sort out some passport issue. And uh, that's part of the reason why I was frustrated that morning because I was late and I had to get there early to get into the queue. And sure enough, I arrived late, which 
was actually half an hour before they even opened. But at that stage, I was already number five million in the queue, and it already went right around the block of home affairs. Now, I know that there are people from different countries who are watching this live stream or listening to the podcast, but I need to take a moment to speak exclusively to, to my Bundaberg congregation or Australia and say that home affairs in South Africa is nothing like home affairs in Australia. Centrelink in Australia is like five-star VIP treatment service in comparison to home affairs in South Africa. I waited in the queue that day for seven hours. Seven hours. And right now, Australians are going, seven hours? That's crazy. And South Africans are going, seven hours? That's not so bad. You caught them on a good day. Seriously, seven hours. Hot, tired, hungry, irritated. And when I finally got to the front, it was finally my turn. As I walked up to the counter, the server took one of those signs that says, closed, and put it right in front of me as I got there. And she said, the computers, <laughs> the computers have gone down. Come back tomorrow. That was it. Just come back tomorrow. There's no one you can call. There's no one you can complain to. There's no one you can tell. There's nothing else that you can do except come back tomorrow. Now, if you think about it, as that day started, I had just prayed that the Lord would help me through home affairs. Sure, I might not have used those exact words, but I did say in our quick prayer that morning, deliver me from the evil one. But it didn't work out that day. And it wouldn't have worked out no matter how many Lord's prayers we had quickly rattled off. There is often a mindset that says, if we do this, God will do that. The whole issue of prosperity theology works like that, and it's nothing short of evil. Prosperity theology says, follow this formula, and God will bless you in ways that are very often monetarily uh, advantageous for you. Follow this formula, and you can make God do wonderful things for you. You will be prosperous. God will fill your house with all sorts of good things. Do this, and God will do that. Give this, and God will give you that. This is the secret to making God bless you. But it doesn't work like that. Because God's primary goal, God's primary concern in this world is not to make you rich or comfortable. God's primary concern is to shape and to mold us into faithful followers in the example of His Son, Jesus Christ. And the Lord's Prayer is not some sort of a magical formula that makes God do what we want Him to do. So if it's not those things, then what is it? Well, it is a model for pursuing intimacy with God and a practical pattern for a faithful lifestyle. I'll say that again. It's a model for pursuing intimacy with God and a practical pattern for a faithful lifestyle. You see, friends, if we are to pray the Lord's Prayer earnestly, it will lead to a deeper intimacy. It will lead to a deeper connection with God because the Lord's Prayer, we're told in both Matthew and in Luke, was taught to the disciples to pray in response, says Luke, to their request to know more about this intimacy that they see between Jesus and the Father. 
this intimate relationship with God that they witness Jesus having as he prays. In other words, it's in the context of commitment to God. The whole Sermon on the Mount is about, is about the sense of what, what God is wanting us to do, how God is wanting us to be, how God is seeking to relate to us. And he brings in this teaching, this is how you pray. It's in the context of commitment to God and an increasing desire for a greater closeness with God that this prayer is taught and that this prayer should be prayed. It's a prayer which the framework and the pattern are words so beautifully laid out and so wonderfully clear and so intricately deep that if we pray it sincerely, we must be prepared for the closeness and the intimacy to be deepened. We must be prepared for a sense of, of deepened commitment if we are really saying to God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. Your will be done in my life as it is done in heaven. It's a prayer that takes seriously the fact that we desire a close relationship with God. I read one writer who said, it's not called the Lord's Prayer just because it was the Lord who taught it. It's called the Lord's Prayer because it was the Lord who prayed it. Jesus had just come back from praying and the disciples said, teach us. This is the Lord's Prayer, literally. And as such, it's a model for pursuing intimacy. You see, friends, as the prayer stands as we know it, there are three petitions that concern God and His glory. And then there are three that concern us and our needs. So, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are the three petitions concerning God. And then, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, or our version in Australia says, save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. Three petitions concerning us. In other words, it is God who is to be given his proper place in the world and in our lives. Then those needs for us come into place. Then those things begin to take shape. Jesus teaches us that intimacy with God through prayer is not about us trying to get stuff out of God. It's not about us attempting to bend the will of God to fit in with our desires. Nor is it about us worrying out loud, which we sometimes confuse with prayer. But this prayer teaches us that a pattern for intimacy is about always seeking to surrender our will to the will of God. God is given his proper and rightful place first. And then come our needs. So the Lord's Prayer is first and foremostly this pattern for the pursuit of of a serious intimacy with God. But it also puts forward a practical pattern for a faithful lifestyle. In those three petitions, our needs are summed up beautifully before God. The bread represents our everyday needs, which we bring to God the Father, who is the creator and the sustainer of life. The forgiveness that we seek uh, brings the past to Christ, to Jesus Christ who died that we might be forgiven. And then the help in temptation commits the future to the Holy Spirit, who we know to be with us, in us, and around us at all times. So in an amazing way, this part of the prayer encompasses all of our needs, past, present, and future. 
and presents them in a way that encompasses all of God's fullness. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's why that banner is up there this morning. Because there is this pattern for a faithful lifestyle in which Jesus teaches us to bring all of life to the completeness of God and to bring the completeness of God into all of life. Jesus taught this prayer to disciples who wanted to walk faithfully with him, who wanted to know God more, who wanted to emulate the relationship and the intimacy that they saw between Jesus and God. And as we start the series and journey into deeper meanings and nuances of what the Lord's Prayer means for us and its application in our lives, let us begin with that same desire for a greater closeness with God. Let us determine to pray the prayer and to live our lives in such a way that God and His glory is placed first and that we seek to submit our lives and our wills to the will of God. All of life to the completeness of God and the completeness of God to all of life. It is challenging, of course it is, but as we look at these lines of the Lord's Prayer that encompass all of life and all of God, there is also a simplicity to it that says, I can pray this prayer and I can live this life. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, as your disciples <clears throat> spoke to you, you revealed to them this this intimacy, this beautiful way of connection, speaking the timeless words of the Lord's Prayer. And there have been many times, Lord, when we have, when we have rattled it off without even thinking, where we have just said the words and, and it's almost just gone from our minds. But Lord, we pray that over these next coming weeks, that we would learn to not only pray this prayer, but to live this prayer to pray ourselves into it, to follow its pattern, to, to, to grow in its sense of intimacy, to know what it means to truly bring all of our life to the completeness of God and to bring the completeness of God to all of our life. We pray, Lord, that you would renew the words within us, that the prayer would take on a new sense of life and that your spirit would, would invigorate and ignite a sense of, of passion in terms of how we pray this prayer. That truly, Lord, you may be glorified. That the kingdom, the power, and the glory will be yours. For this is what we truly want. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Friends, I hope that you have a wonderful week. And uh, like I say, please make sure you get hold of those newsletters um, or whatever other details you need, which will be on our website, or you can contact the office. And uh, may God bless you as you head out into this week and grow in your desire for a greater sense of intimacy and closeness with Him. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.